Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 33-year-old from Stratford, Ontario, Canada, seventh-round draft pick of Calgary Flames. His hockey journey has taken him to Canada, the USA, Wales, Sweden, Italy, England, Slovakia, Hungary, and Jair Gio, HK of Romania. Another Sutherland Cup champion suited up for Team Italy. He returns to the shed after his inaugural trip, has amassed 622 penalty minutes or plays, and has also been the PIMS leader in the East Coast and three times in the Alps Hockey League. And he is currently running amok in the Romanian League, beating people up and has six goals and six games played. And he returns to the shed exactly 100 episodes later. Welcome back to the shed, Devin Didiometti. Thanks for having me on, Wally. I wish I was leading a league in, in points or something like that, but I, I don't have the skill set you have. So I had to oh, make do with my tired. hands and <laughs> I had to make do with my hands in different ways. So um I yeah, that video um I saw of you uh <laughs> beating a poor fella up. That's in Romania then. Yeah, so it's uh I'm playing on a Romanian team and we actually play in two leagues. So we play in the uh, Hungarian Ersta League. And we also play in a Romanian championship. So it's it's crazy. At the end of my career, I didn't think I'd be playing uh, an 80-game schedule. But uh, I also didn't think I'd be in Romania this year. So uh, it's funny how things work sometimes. It is. Uh, like, that's the hockey player's life, right? Is you never know where you're going to end up each season. But uh, usually I get into how we know each other, Okay, <laughs> We'll get into all that where you're at soon here. But, uh, yeah, it was 100 episodes ago we met, eh? Yeah, it's, it seems like uh, not that long ago, to be honest. And uh, I've it been was. listening to to more podcasts, uh, you know, since I've been on. And, and you're doing a great job. You just keep getting better and better. Oh, well, thanks. But, uh, you know, I just like doing it. It's Honestly, it's my passion. This is, I don't know. I get like my heart still flutters. It's been 100 episodes later. And I'm just, I'm just as excited today as I was last time. <laughs> Yeah, I know that, that that's probably a good thing. I said to one of the younger guys the other day, uh, I still get butterflies the odd time for a game. And uh, I, I think that means that you're, you still should be playing or, or you still have that excitement or uh, the love for your game in, in, in your heart. So it's definitely a good thing that you're doing something you love. That's for sure. That's what it's all about. And yeah, I remember the butterflies, especially like near the end, you didn't get them as often. Right. But when it's a big game or, you know, it's a big rival or there's something really on the line. You still get it, right? Yeah, yeah big time. We just uh, we just played our um, rival and it was a, a sold out arena. Uh, you, know, you know how the European atmosphere is, the drums, the chants, all that stuff. And you can hear it before you go out of warm ups. And 
uh, having not played, you know, in front of crowds with the COVID and stuff, it was, uh, it was like being in my rookie year again, hand, palms sweating in the room. And uh, it, it's a nice feeling to have again, especially at the end of my career. Um, so I, you guys I, have I'm, fans. I'm on the back line. You yeah, have fans. we do have fans. Yep. So um, when I first came here, they had no fans. And then it went up to 50% fans. And I think it's at full capacity now. I mean, it must be the, the arena we played in last game was full, so. Well, my minor hockey just got paused. They call it shut down. I think it's an absolute joke. These kids, man, I showed up to our last game after they announced this and here in the boys in the room, just, you could feel the energy in the room. And like, I'd stand just outside the room to hear if they were like getting prepared or whatever, but like these boys, when they show up, man, it's like, it's, it's better than their birthday party. Every time they get to come to the rink and for this government to take it away from them over this thing that like isn't killing anybody and is like a cold is absolutely absurd to me. Um, I remember playing a game in Germany. I was in the fetal position one night, shitting, puking everywhere. My wife had to call the team. Like, I think he might be dying. And I had some virus in Germany. This is 10 years ago now. Right. But they didn't have an extra import. So guess what they do in the morning? They gave me an IV and I played that night. So I just, I don't, I don't get this. Um, how sad I am for my team and my boys. It just, I am furious right now. And um, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that people keep listening to this, these bullshit rules, because um, I think it's time to start living. I think we've talked about mental health for what a decade now, but now when it's actually on the line, we don't do anything about it. Now. I just, I don't get it, man. These kids have been through enough. And we have had no issues at hockey this year. It's absolutely absurd. And I'm so rattled. If you're sick, stay home. If you feel good, go play hockey. Be a kid. Be an adult. Do what you want. God yeah. damn it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. And, uh, you know, being in Romania, there's not too many restrictions right now. So we're, uh, we're lucky in that way. And I definitely feel for the people in, in Canada, more specifically the ones in Ontario, um, I mean, and you know, the shit I hear about Quebec too is outrageous too. And I have yeah, to come out to my how... shed to get this off my chest. I feel better. A hundred episodes ago, I didn't feel as good as I do now because I got a lot of shit off my chest. And I can't hold this in, man. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, it's uh, you know how things are in Canada. Hockey's almost a a culture. So when you start taking that away, especially from younger kids, uh, you know, mentally, I think it can wear on them a bit. And uh, I guess we've been saying this for two years now. I mean, when, when's it going to stop? When's there going to be an end? And uh, I, I just hope it ends soon, not to get into it politically too much. That's for sure. Well, I know you don't want to do that. And I don't want to do that either. Um, all I would like to say to people is a lot of this has not made sense to me from the start. I like to think logically. I like things to make sense. Um, if everyone could just please do me a favor and head on over to the Joe Rogan podcast, episode 1747, Dr. Peter McCullough. Just go into it with an open mind, folks, because I never understood any of this. And when I listen to that guy, things seem to really line up and make sense. But everybody, make your own decisions, in my opinion. Okay, sorry. Moving on. Huh. No, not a problem. Uh, you, yeah, we get we always get deep when you come on. Remember last time? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's deep. I'm pulling on your heartstrings. I just open you right up. Maybe I need to be your partner after I'm done. Hey, 
for sure, man. I need, you know what I I need? I think I need like a, a sales guy, you know, <laughs> get us some sponsors, get some money coming in. <laughs> All right. I'll and then you can, can be do. the guy that pods with me, you know, we could be a team. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, no, but seriously, I, I come, I came out here to get stuff off my chest and man, the last couple of days being around my team and those kids and seeing how much fun they're having. And then to think it's getting taken away <laughs> on them. And like, when I'm looking around, I'm like, nothing's unsafe here. This is total just to what scare people more, give people more mental health issues, make people, I, I go to the grocery store out here, man. People are pale. They look absolutely miserable, but moving on. Here we go. I'm on the wrong page. Cause I was supposed to be at the end of the episode. <laughs> Got carried away. <laughs> um, so Romania sheds never been there. What's it like? Uh, it's different. That's for sure. Uh, the town I'm in, it's a, a super small town, maybe 30,000 people. Uh, it's a working class city, a lot of hardworking people. They, they love their hockey here. Um, when there are no restrictions, the arena's full. It's a, it's a pretty rowdy crowd. Uh, it's the cheapest place I've ever been in the world. Like you wouldn't believe the prices. It's like when we're growing up, like go to the store and buy a five cent candy, like a, a beer is less than a Canadian dollar. It's, it's absolutely crazy. Um, to be honest, I, I didn't know what to expect coming into it. Um, and, and it's exceeded any expectations I've had. The, my teammates here are great. It's run super professional. Our ownership group's great. Coaching staff's great. So really, uh, I have no complaints. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, it's funny how it works in hockey sometimes. You know, you, you go somewhere expecting it to be amazing. And, and it, you know, sometimes never fulfills what you have in your mind and then other times you go somewhere and have no expectations and it ends up being um maybe it ends up being more than you ever expected or or more than you could ever dream so i think you know having played for 13 14 years now i think no matter where you are it doesn't really matter unless it's uh with the right group of guys and, and all the guys in this locker room are really really good guys so uh, I, i'm happy to be here for sure well, that's awesome. Um, I really don't know much about that league, but uh, where's all the travel? And so it's a Hungarian league mainly, but then you play in Romanian league too. So what, what's yeah, the level? So, like? uh, the, the, the Romanian league, I mean, uh, we played a team, I don't know, right before Christmas and they were terrible. I mean, like uh, a beer league team could have beat them. Like they're losing games, like 21, nothing, stuff like that. But then there's, uh, two other Romanian teams that play in the Ursta league. And then I would say another three teams in the Roma Romanian league that are competitive and, and you can lose if you don't play well. So um, like there's a team in Bucharest, they have six imports that are all KHL guys. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, you know, like it's, again, it's something you would never expect. I mean, going to Romania, you've got, you know, six imports on another team that have all played in the KHL. Like it's, uh, it's definitely something you wouldn't expect. And, and even the, the <clears throat> uh, imports in, in Chicxerita and Brashov, a lot of old Russian guys and, and stuff like that. Actually, Benny O'Connor just signed in uh, Chicxerita. I'm sure you're familiar with that name. So he's, oh, yeah. he's, he's in a Romania former potter. Too. Yeah. He's been to the show. Yeah. He, he's, he's in Romania as well. So maybe you'll have to get his input on what he thinks about Romania. Okay. Well, I got a lot of questions about it. Um, what's sure. the food like? Food. Food's pretty good. So uh, actually, as a part of the setup here, uh, they include three meals in your contract. So every morning we have a restaurant uh, that's at the rink. 
go there for breakfast. And then after practice, we have uh, like a soup, an entree. And then uh, if you want to go back at night, they also serve a dinner. So it's nice not to have to cook. And I get to bring the little guy with me. In Do the you morning get to, to choose what you're usually. eating though? Uh, for breakfast, we get to choose. And then for lunch, it's usually a, a set menu along with dinner. So uh, a lot of chicken, a lot of rice. You know how that stuff goes, Wally. I do, yeah. Oh, yeah, a lot of chicken and pasta. Red sauce, white sauce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Not too much ice cream or cookies or anything like that. But it's it's definitely nice, uh, you know, being done after practice and not having to go home and cook. So, so it's the standard hockey food, though? Yeah, for the most part. Uh, they eat a lot of pork here. So there's, there's a lot of pork, uh, chicken, I would say, and uh, more rice than pasta. I don't think our coach is too big on, on heavy carbs. So okay. just well, safe to say, I won't be eating chicken or rice all summer. I, I probably wouldn't have, uh, <clears throat> fit in well with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Dude. Like there's no ketchup or anything. We're not allowed ketchup or anything like that. So there's a, there's a couple St- guys, Steven Dixon, there. shout out to him. He could never play on that team. He, he lives for ketchup. Really? Yeah. He lives for yeah, it. There's- there's a couple guys on our team that are bent out of shape without ketchup, but uh, I don't know. What, what other, can you yet. have other sauces? Yeah, there's other condiments. I don't know the names. Anything. You, you probably the, get uh, mustard, but no ketchup. This guy's a punk. Yeah, uh, yeah we get, uh, I don't know what the others are. Like we had schnitzel today with, with rice and there was some sort of sauce with it. So it was, it was good. Brown sauce, gravy-ish? No, it was like a uh, a white, like a white garlic sauce. Maybe I'm not sure what on the, a schnitzel, eh? Must, yeah, I'm not sure what he mustered up, but it was pretty good. Sounds like he's experimenting with you guys. <laughs> yeah, I know one. I know one to complain though. Well, yeah, a nice hot meal after practice. I don't have to cook. Life's good, you know. Sounds pretty simple, hey. Eh? And then, uh, so then you got the kids and you got the family over there, eh? So after yeah, your lunch, you get to hang out. And uh, so you're getting to soak it all up, eh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I, I think this will probably be my last year of hockey. So uh, I came into it with the mindset that, you know, I'm just going to kind of soak it up, soak everything I can up while I'm at the rink and, and while I'm here. And um, our coach I played for in Budapest when I was in the Ursa League, and he's phenomenal. I mean, he lets me bring my little guy into the room. Uh, after practices he lets them go on the ice and stuff like that so it's it's That's really what it's all about of, man yeah it's been kind of surreal and in, in in that term you know being able to have my little guy run around the room you know playing hockey with the other kids or you know wrestling with the other guys it's uh it's it's a memory that for sure i'll have engraved in the back of my mind for the rest of my life whether he's old enough to remember or not i'm not sure so you're gonna get me all choked up um um um, i'm not yeah in cardiff i was the same way i knew as the end and uh their memories you never forget i tell you no i i I bet and i'm that's you know kind of why i have such an open mindset for this year you know I, i i came here um to be more of a role player than anything took on less of a role you know a third fourth line guy that's gonna crash and bang and kind of help the younger guys along and be a leader in the room. So, you know, my role changed, but uh, having said that, uh, the, the way I go about my day, I would say I'm so much more positive and have so much more energy now, you know, in a, in a lesser role than I did when I was, you know, a first line guy playing first line power play, you know, it's, 
it's almost like you never have a bad day when you're at the end of the line, you know, when you, when you know, it's almost all over. It's uh, I don't know. I, I think the last game I play this year, it's going to pull on my heartstrings a little bit. That's for sure. Yeah. It sounds just like when I was <clears> in Cardiff, I remember at the time I was like, well, I wasn't getting much ice time when I got there. And I remember I was like a month or two into the season and I was sitting there going, well, I like, if this is it, like I'm getting my school, if this is my last year, I may as well have fun. I may as well enjoy this. Like talk, go to every corner of the locker room, talk to every guy on the team, know every single guy. And then I went on the ice. I was like, well, if I feel like doing a spin rooney I'm going to do a spin rooney want to put it between my legs. I'm going to do that too. <laughs> and then I started having fun. And you play hockey better when you're having fun. And I tell you, you look healthy and happy right now. I don't remember what you looked like a hundred episodes ago, but you don't look like you're in quarantine anymore. No, that's for sure. I think I was probably about 20 pounds heavier the last time we talked. You look fantastic. Jesus. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Wally. I appreciate it. And even got gussied up for the shed tonight. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Gelled hair, collared shirt, jeepers. the laundry at the DDO media house is full right now. So we got to uh, do laundry and I'm, I'm into my section of collared shirts. So I, a couple <laughs> of guys at the rink this morning asked me why I was dressed up so fancy. I just said, just trying to be professional boys. That's all it is. Absolutely. I, I love it. Um, you're probably the best dressed person in the shed so far. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'll take it. Um, so um yeah, the, having the kids um, at the end while you're still a hockey player, yeah, like the way the Cardiff fans treated my son was incredible. And uh, that's why they'll always have a special spot in my heart, right? Is because of the kids and like taking them in the room after a game. I remember when Colby be dishing out the beers to the whole team. He even did a pregame speech to the Cardiff Devils. And I'll, like, it's shit I'll never forget, you know? Yeah, no, that's that's definitely stuff that uh, you know whether your son remembers it or not. In in years to come, it's stuff that's kind of etched in the the back of your brain, and it'll always be there. And uh, you know, it, it doesn't mean that I don't want to win, or I I have a different outlook on on you know the outcomes of games. I just you know think I I see the the whole profession of the game in a in a different manner now that it's it's kind of done. You know, when you're when you're 20, you're so hungry, you, 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 your eyes are on one thing. And um, when you get older, now I come home to, to two kids and it's, I'm not thinking about hockey when I come home, you know, it's, it's not my family and my, yeah, my family, my family first. So uh, that part of it's definitely changed. And uh, I, I came here with the hopes of, of winning a championship. I mean, we're a really good team. So um, you know, I, I told the coach here, if, if we win a championship, my, my gear's going to stay here and, and I'll retire a happy man. No, that would be incredible. So you guys are good then. If you're on the third, fourth line, you guys got to be good, eh? Yeah, we're pretty deep, actually. So the, the league plays with six imports. Um, the, the coach I had called me and, you know, said a couple of our uh, skilled guys are getting roughed up a little bit. We need a little bit of meat and potatoes. You know, would, would you be willing to come here as a, a seventh import? You know, kind of when you're in the lineup, you're going to be a third, fourth line grind guy and, uh, you know, take care, take care of the skilled guys. And I said, yeah, you know, as, as long as you can promise me, you got a chance to win a championship. That's all I really want at this point in my career. And he said, we definitely have the guys to do it. It's just having um, the guys buy into a system and, and buy into the winning ways. And, What's the I mean, nationality of this coach? Uh, coach is Hungarian. He's actually an assistant coach on the uh, 
the Hungarian national team. He's a brilliant hockey mind. He puts uh, so much effort into, I mean, with video and, and systems and just thinking of the game. I mean, for example, today we're at breakfast and he's watching uh, pre-game skates in the NHL just to, you know, kind of, he's just so in tune with the game, you know, and uh, I, I've had a number of coaches that uh, kind of never stay in touch with the game and, and they're, you know, five years back or, or, you know, still teaching things that when we grew up, they were, they were teaching and, and the game's ever evolving. And I, I think if you don't stay caught up with the game, caught up with the personnel, caught up with the way you need to treat people, you're, you're going to be left behind just with anything else in, in life. If you have a job and you keep doing it the same way your whole life, you're never going to get better. You're never going to do a, a better job. So he, uh, he, he's definitely a great coach that, that puts the same sort of effort in we do every day, which, which goes a long way. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, it's what you put into something, right, is what you get out of it. And it sounds like he's putting in the work to win a championship. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Like, you got to do it back in junior with the Coltons, right? But have you, you haven't got to do it since? No, I, I made it to the OHL finals um, when I was in the OHL and in, in pro in the American League. I think two years in a row, we finished first and, and got, I know the one year we got swept in the first round and second year we did lost in the first or second round. So. I've been on a number of good teams, um, but never won a championship. So uh, I, I'm, I'm really hoping it happens this year. You know, well, trying to if, get, get the younger guys to, to buy in, you know what I mean? And, and you know how it is in Europe. Everyone wants their points. Everyone wants goals, wants assists, because that's how you get paid. But, you know, I'm trying to tell these, these younger guys, you're on a team with, you know, a lot of money with ownership, you know, wants the best for the players, you know you buy into a system and do what the coach wants, you're going to get paid here. There's, there's no need to go anywhere else. So. Well, the thing for me is, is like you say, looking back on the sport later on, <clears throat> like the teams I was on that won championships or went to finals, everybody got a job that wanted a job the next year, the teams that underachieve or that cheat on the offense to get points. You can be the top scorer on a shitty team all you want but it doesn't get contracts. People don't want to bring you places because people want winners and winning is what it's about. It's not about your goals and assists. And um, there was a good four years in beating Like when I got there, nobody gave a shit about points and we won a championship. And then our team sucked. And I got worse at it too, by the end. Cause I was, I knew we weren't winning anything. So I started worrying about myself and cheating a little bit and, you know, that is the European way, but like to win championships. Yeah. You got everybody buy in and just be a family, be a team. Right. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you. I think in North America, that mentality is a little bit different just because there's such a surplus of players. I mean, if you're in the American league, they can go down to the East coast league, get guys. If you're in the NHL, they can go to the American league guys and get guys. And there's, there's so many players that can fill so many different roles. And when you're in Europe, uh, the surplus of players isn't what it is in North America. I mean, if you want to fire an import, you got to go find a new import. You got to, you half the time, they don't even know what type of a player he is other than based off his elite prospect stats. And it's kind well, of that's like, how it was, right? About. That's how it was. You know? And that, and <clears throat> the coaches nowadays, they've done video. They know who they're getting. They know what role they're going to play. Right. Yeah, exactly. So um, it, it, every, everything's evolving, you know, and, and I can understand some of these younger guys, they want to get points and I, I understand all of it. And uh, like you said, I've, I've been on teams where 
I know we're not going to win a championship and I've, I've been on teams where I know I'm not even going to make the playoffs. And I mean, if, if there's a puck at the blue line, I'm up at the red line sometimes. And that's not the way you win hockey games. That's not the way you win championships. Well, and that, so. and, right. And that's what snowballs, right. And that's why the teams that struggle get worse. And the teams that are doing well get better because they're together, but eh. you know, yeah. like my U11 team that just got shut down. Eh. Hey, that, that's the way it goes. Wally, you'll be back at it in no time. I hope I Better hope be. for the kids. No yeah, kidding. Sure. Back to school and hockey. That your sports, you know, just let the kids be kids. That's what we're looking for here. Eh? Um, anyways, moving on. So then, uh, where are we? I don't even know. Um, so Budapest, we never, did we talk about that last time? I never, I can't re-listen to an episode that long ago. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure if we touched on it or not, but, uh, what an unbelievable city. Um, you, you asked what travel was like in this league. So um, we do go to Budapest like once a month, usually for between six to 10 days. So uh, again, our coach is amazing. He lets my wife, like let me travel with my wife and children. So they come uh, to, to Budapest, Budapest with you. Yeah. Not on the team bus to so get a flight and then uh, get an Airbnb. I, you know, he lets me stay with them or at the hotel. It, it, it doesn't matter. Um, as long as I'm at the rink when I need to be at the rink and, you know, professional in that aspect. So it's great for my wife and children. You, you get like a 10 day break um, once a month where you're able to go to Budapest and um, enjoy what I think is one of the best cities in Europe. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been before, but uh, I, uh, no, I haven't. It, I've heard about it. Oh man. As, as far as cities go, other than Barcelona, I don't think I've ever been to a better city. So uh, Barcelona and Prague were right up there for me. Yeah. So I, I think Barcelona or sorry, uh, Budapest is kind of like a Prague on steroids, like just a bigger, bigger, better, maybe not as clean. Um, you know, maybe, maybe not as well upkept in some areas, but, uh, it, it's awesome. I love it. Huh. Yeah. There's some wild spots like Barcelona where it's, there's a beach, a beautiful beach, but then there's also like a really cool city. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, and, and if, uh, you know, Budapest had sun all year round, if you wear shorts all year round, I'd probably say Budapest, but uh, in my older age, I'm a sucker for the sun. So I, I do love the uh, Mediterranean sun. And like Looks like you still sick. got the body for it too, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Must be the light I carbs. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I'm afraid to take off my shirt though. I got, I'm like a grizzly bear now with all my hair, like the 30, oh, the hair, the it, hair happens, buddy. The hair oh, happens. Man. There's no not, stopping not that my, shit. Not on my back, but Jesus Christ. I'm like a grizzly bear up front. Like, is that right? Like eh? full, yeah. Like a full, like I'm wearing a t-shirt under any shirt I got. I don't know. I don't know what the approach is though. If I shave it, you know, well, I'm afraid yeah. to come back even thicker. I've I never had those issues. My chest and whatnot's pretty okay. It's the ears and noses I'm having issues with. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not there yet, and I don't have the angel wings on my back, so I'm okay there too. Mm, yeah, no, it's uh, things get hairier. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm, I'm losing it on the top of my head and then gaining it everywhere else. I don't know if that's the way it's doesn't to look go, like it. You got product in your hair, everything. You like Jesus. You look like you do have lost 20 or 30 pounds. You look jacked with gelled hair. It's like I don't know what you're trying to do here. You're trying to take Lee Salter's throne. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Uh, anyways, um, do you ever play against Lee Salters or fight him? 
I did actually, uh, growing up in Stratford, I used to work out in London um, with like Brandon Pross, Corey Surrett, Corey Perry, those guys, Drew Doughty and uh, Lee Salters was from London. So he was in the, the workout group I was in. So I played against him. I think he was in Guelph, Guelph Storm. I think he was there. I played against him in junior. Yeah. And I'm, I might have played against him in the American League, but I'm not sure. But uh, my God, when that guy took off his shirt, it was like a fucking monument. Well, it's it's, like it's, being... it's, it's, it's absurd. But you, so you were with, oh. around him at a young age. You should see him nowadays. Like he's not even growing hair in the wrong places. I know. I, I mean, yeah, when like we were working out in, I don't know, so we were 16, 17, 18. I mean. He had muscles. I didn't even know there were where you could have muscles. Like in, I was hoping he uh, went through like an awkward stage at that time in his life before he no. became so good looking. Jeez, really? No, 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 no. He he had it the whole time. So huh. I don't know how why I wasn't part of that workout group. I would have fit right in. <laughs> and it's not it was yeah, it was perfect. 30 <laughs> kilometer bike rides, and yeah, no, it was pretty intense, that's for sure. Jeepers. Yeah. <laughs> Did a jog around the neighborhood a few times. <laughs> yeah. And that's about where I'm at right now too. So. Well, in Elmira, there weren't too many gyms back in the day. So just kind of did it on my own folks. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I didn't have a trainer. I don't think until, uh, I guess I would, it would have been my sixth year pro. <laughs> really? Nothing, yeah. nothing when you're no. Uh, one no. year, I, one year, Dennis Weidman worked me out while he was working out. Uh, that was, but obviously I didn't pay him. So I never paid for a trainer until I was going to Denmark after Germany asked me to kindly leave. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think in the OHL, well, I don't think I know in the OHL, I don't know if they still do it, but in your contract, you could get summer workouts paid for by the team. So Really? Uh, that's like when I, when I first got into it, when I was you know, 16 or 17 and the, the team would pay for my trainer, uh, pretty eye-opening experience. That's for sure. Um, did you do working out people before? What do you, do you know what's going to be next for you? Any idea? I don't know, to be honest with you, Ollie, that's a million dollar question. Uh, it was for me too. Pro- yeah. yeah. I got a couple of rental properties back home and um, I, I like the real estate. Um, game you know whether it's flipping houses or you know maybe getting my real estate license or mortgage broker's license or um, maybe even buying something bigger and, and kind of expanding uh, that way so uh, I, I've made some connections with you know people in, in companies that are pretty high up that uh, I think I'm if, you know if if I called them and, and you know was serious about getting a job or, or seriously wanted to uh, be a part of the company that they'd open with, you know, have me with open arms. So um, That's, it, yeah. it's, I mean, you know how it is. We played hockey for, for so long and it's all you've ever done. Um, it, it's kind of hard to imagine what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And not only that, but do something that you love or have passion about, like you had hockey. I mean, I, I don't want to go to work and just sit in a cubicle and go through the motions for the next 20 years of my life. That's, uh, that's not how I live. So well, whatever it is I do, I, I definitely want to be passionate about it. I want to, I want to do something that I love. I want to be able to enjoy life. Exactly. Yeah. Getting up in the morning and just wanting to give her full tilt every day. <laughs> kind of like how bad I want to be out in the sheds. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know? there you go. See, maybe, no, yeah, maybe I need to get in, get into the podcast game. I don't know. Hey, man, if anybody wants to get into the podcast game, I'll come on your pod any day because it's helped me tremendously. And uh, I'll support anybody that wants to get into this because it it's changed my life drastically. <laughs> Like I get up at I, I get up at 5 a.m. to talk to people completely sober for no reason, just to talk hockey about their lives because I love this shit. I I care about how you're doing and I want to know how you're doing. And I I'm interested in Romania. I'm interested in what the plans are because I've been through a lot of it and I know the anxiety getting out of the sport. Um, you're in a better spot. You got a couple rentals and everything, but like man, there's some players that get out that are just like, what in the hell do I do now? <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine. I've, I've played with some of those guys and uh, financially, um, I, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, finding something I, I need to do right away, which I think makes it um, a little easier. But um, like I said, it's, it's all about finding something that you're passionate about. And I know I don't want to coach. Or I don't want to do anything hockey related. I, I want something new, something, uh, something that I can have the same passion that I had with talking. And yeah. And it's finding whatever that is, man. I, for me, I, I had a goal of what I wanted to do. And then I found a great company been great to me. And, you know, the start was a grind, right? I was a fourth liner and I had to work my way up. And then eventually you get to a spot where, you know, like now I'm running a team and it's like something I can have passion about because I enjoy the people side of it. Like how to get the best out of people, how to make them work harder, how to do a better job, because the better job my team does, the the better I look. And uh, that's what I have a passion for. Same as coaching my little guys, you know, the better they play, the better I look. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And I, I'm sure, I mean, I shouldn't speak for you, but I, I'm sure uh, a lot of those qualities that you have um, in, in your work came from hockey and, and being a part of the team. I mean, I, I know there's schooling and that you put the work in at, at Western Michigan, but um, I think there's so many lessons that, you know, players learn through playing. And like, like you just said, you started out on the fourth line and a hockey analogy and kind of work your way up. It's uh, a lot of people in life don't know what it takes to, you know, the hard work you have to put in to get to where you want to be. And uh, I think hockey kind of gives us those lessons and, and teaches us to be, you know, not only better hockey players, but better people away. From it. Well, and like the way you put it, like you went there knowing what role you were going to play and uh, you show up to work to help the younger guys, to teach them how to be pros. And you're playing the role they asked you to play. But if they asked you to play first line, second line, you do that. And that's what we learn, right? You learn what the assistant coach is and how to speak to him. You learn how to talk to the head coach. You know who the boss is. You know where you stand in the organization. And, and But the thing that I find hockey players do the most is we figure out problems together, right? You go for a power play. It doesn't work. You go back to the bench and you're like, well, what did you see? Where should you go? What should we do now? Because we got to adjust because that was brutal. It's the same in the real world. And you have relationships. It's like for me, everybody that was my line mate was like usually my best friend on the team because I knew that was very important to success, right? And if I'm going to help you, you help me. And that's in the business world, in the real world that you're right. There's not a lot of people that get that 
just help everybody, <laughs> you know, just help them with whatever. And the answers are out there. You just got to ask around. <laughs> yeah. It's that, that team mentality and, and all we've learned. So yeah, no, who and you're going to do great. The, eh, thanks Wally. I appreciate it. I hope so. Um, okay. So you didn't start in uh, Romania though, eh? you started in uh, Italy. And I, I saw did. I saw some pictures there on Instagram. My goodness, it looked like a spot. <laughs> oh man, it's it's incredible. So it was uh, a new team uh, this year that went into the Alps. It was it's called Murano, Italy. So it was in northern Italy. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. I mean, yeah, you like you said, you saw pictures. It's um, what most people I imagine when they think of Italy is you know beautiful Alps, unbelievable food, unbelievable wine. Um, in terms of the hockey, it just myself and the management and the coach, we were on three different pages. And uh, I started looking around probably a month before I came here. Um, I, I wasn't happy. And like I said to you before, it's, it's probably my last season playing. So. And you can't be unhappier um, last year. like Yeah, exactly. So um, it, it was best that I left the team, not only for myself, but but for them and uh, it didn't work out. There's no hard feelings between them or between I. They got, uh, I think they signed Nikolai Zhodev. You remember him after well, I left? So, I was going to. I mean, they, they, they I looked at their roster, right? And it said he had played, like, not as many games. So I was wondering if that's who they replaced <laughs> you for. But yeah. he, he was the fourth overall pick to Columbus, like, right around when I went there, right, for training camp? Yeah. No, he's, like. It was a really, really high-end NHL talent for a long time. So uh, I left, and I think two or three weeks later, uh, he went there. So, but so do you uh, do all this yourself? You said you were looking around a month into it. Like, are you doing this yourself? Yeah, I did. Like, uh, the older I got in my career, the more I found agents or. I shouldn't say every agent, but, you know, agents I've been dealing with, it's, it's just easier for me to do it. Uh, you know how it is. The longer you play, the more connections you have, whether it's through old coaches or through old teammates or um, whatever the case. So uh, this coach I had in, in, in Budapest, we got along really well and messaged him and, you know, kind of slow, slow talk, you know, are you happy? Blah, blah, blah. No, I'm not that happy. And, um, it ended up working out. I, I also spoke to uh, another team in Denmark and then a couple other Italian teams. But uh, I think going somewhere where you know the coach, you know his philosophy, you know the culture, um, it means a lot. Like I, when I went to Italy, I hadn't even spoke to my coach before I went there. I didn't even know, know the guy's name. And <laughs> like it's I, – I, I think it's one yeah. thing. Yeah, you got to have like a relationship one, one, with the guy. Yeah, one thing for – I don't really agree with management signing players without, you know, your head coach uh, being in on it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's the first time in my career where I was signed by management and not like uh, recruitment of the coach. So that, that was definitely different for me. And, you know, I got there and coaches, well, what type of player are you? And it's, you know, like, you don't I'm know. 13, <laughs> yeah. I'm, thir I'm 13 years into this. Like I, I shouldn't have to tell you what type of player I am or, you know, where you want me to play or what you want me to do. And I just, it was just a little snowball at the start and it just kind of kept going down the hill and getting bigger and bigger. And uh, you know how the analogy goes, by the time the snowballs that big, there's no stopping it. And 
uh, it was just one bad situation after the other, after the other. And, well, it's and, good. You got, yeah. you got happy. You got out of there and you got to a spot. You're happy, right? Yeah, no, it, it, and like I, I said at the start of the podcast, I would have never in, you know, a million years imagined that I would have been in Romania to, to finish off my career, you know, whether I play another year or whatever, but um, here I am and, and I'm definitely happier than I was in Italy. The, the scenery is definitely not the same, but uh, life at the rink and with the guys, it's, you know, I got a smile on my face every day and that's all that matters. And you got a lot of time with your kids, right? Other than the playing yeah. in two, two, two leagues. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. Like I'm 33. I don't know how many pro games I've played, but my body can't handle an 80 game season. That's for sure. Like, no. oh, man, I mean, I'm hit, hitting guys running around and my, my shoulders feel like been crushed. And <laughs> I was going to talk to you about that. Cause I think how each guy plays hockey and also takes care of himself off the ice, but mainly how they play hockey determines how long they can last. Obviously it matters how good you are too, whether or not you keep getting contracts, but like the way you played, like your body's not going to last till you're 37. <laughs> oh, no chance. We got a, another guy on our team. That's the exact same age as me. It's the leading scorer on my team. I think it was yesterday. I stepped on the ice and said, Orbs, like, does your body hurt as much as mine does every day? And he just, he just started laughing. I was like, Oh, fuck. I'm getting way too old for this. Like it's, uh, I can remember being 20 years old in the American League and fighting two, three times a, a game or, you know, five times in a weekend. You don't feel anything on Monday. I fought once, I don't know, say three weeks ago. My my hand was sore for a week. My head was sore for a week. It's like, holy <laughs> smokes. Oh, man. Yeah, I got really sore, too. I'm still really sore all the time. <laughs> yeah. So I, and I had, <sighs> two, uh, I had two hip surgeries when I was younger, like 23, 24. And uh, I try to take care of that as much as I can. And uh, I can, I can feel my hips giving away on me. So I, I definitely don't have too much shelf left shelf life left. That's for <laughs> sure. I, I can tell you for sure. I won't make it to 37. I, I maybe have this year and one year after, but. Uh, wow. You got it. You got to get it all out of your system because even if you do, like, even if your body gives up, like minded when the knee went, like, it's still hard to win when you want to still do it, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I I can uh, totally imagine that. And for me, it was more uh, the game was taken from me with with COVID. You know, I, I didn't go back because my wife was pregnant and with a young family and with you know all the stuff that was going on in the world. It it just didn't seem like it was the right thing for for my family. And obviously, they come before hockey, so. Um, being able to play again after having a year off, it's it it kind of brought a whole new light to the situation where I can come to the rink and smile. And I, I said to one of the the younger guys the other day, he's like, you know, you don't care about like goals, you don't care about you know, you're so happy when other people score. I said, man, it's it's like being on your deathbed, and you know it's coming to an end. Like you just got to soak it all up and and be happy for for everything around you and and be, you know, grateful for the experiences you have. So uh, I wish I maybe would have had that attitude or that look on hockey when I was a little bit younger or, um, you know, how known how to, to carry myself. The way I carried myself at 33 is a lot different oh. than the way I carry myself at, at, at 20. But having said that, there's a lot of things I did in my, you know, early 20s that uh, 
a lot of other people didn't get to do and, and I don't regret any of that that's for sure well it's when you say stuff like that it's like the way I started and beating Heim and the way they loved me and then the way I kind of carried myself and like you know I wasn't a strong enough leader at that age in my life and they were basically putting like it on me at that point at like 24, 25, 26 years old, like this is, this is your spot. And I wasn't the leader they needed. And, uh, but then, you know, you get older and wiser and you learn from your mistakes and like, you know, and then by the time I got to Cardiff, I was the same as you are now, man. I, I just wanted to win. I wanted to have fun every day. I wanted everybody at the rink to have fun. I wanted there to be no clicks because I'd been on team where there were clicks and it just ruins a team. And I was like, I am going to spend as much time as I can with every single guy on this team and be friends with everybody because like this is near the end. Right. And the relationships you get out of it is wild. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's funny how it all kind of comes full circle and, uh, you kind of touched on it there. You you learn from your mistakes. There's a lot of things I did in my early 20s that I couldn't even imagine doing now. So being able to learn from that to help me better myself as a person now, and not only better myself, but better myself in, in the room for, you know, the younger guys around me or the other players around me. Because, uh, I mean, the, the player I was when I was 20 isn't the same player I am when I'm 33. I, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to to figure that out. So um, I think being able to, to lead or being able to bring a dimension to the team uh, in, in a different way, it's, it's every, yeah, everything comes full circle. You, you got to be able to adjust. Guy. You got to be able to adjust yeah. to where you are in the organization. And it's the same in the real world. You got to be able to adjust to what's being asked you, what needs to get done. And it's like, if, if you need to, to help with the young guys, if you need to bring the guys together, like we, what, you know, you just, but yeah, you grow up. It's the same as like becoming your own agent. Right. I did the same thing. I was like, I'm so yeah. sick of sitting around. I got a kid and one on the way and I'm not hearing anything from you. And I'm a full grown ass man. I'm going to go do this myself. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that's kind of, I, I, I went to Cardiff. I was signed in Cardiff like a week later. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. okay you're fired <laughs> yeah i kind of waited on an agent this year i was like oh there's not much out there you know you're older you haven't played last year blah 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 i was like yeah i understand that but like don't get me wrong and then like i started to message some people on my own and two weeks later i had like two or three contract offers and i messaged the guy i was like what the fuck just put a little bit of effort in you know and that part of me in terms of wanting to stay in the game, I think if there was one thing that I did do to stay in the game, it'd be a player agent and being able to actually put the work in to represent players. I, I wouldn't want to be a, you know, an NHL agent or anything like that, but, but more like a second chance agency where you provide, you know, a service almost like, you know, all the big dogs go to the one agent or, a couple of different agencies, you know, and, and then after your shelf life's done in the NHL or the KHL or whatever, you kind of, you know, just go down the totem pole and kind of be there for those guys to help them getting jobs. Because I mean, there's still a lot of money to be made in, in terms of what you can make. Yeah. You're not making millions upon millions of dollars, but in, in terms of the real world and how hard people have to make 
to, or sorry, in terms of the real world. Yeah. And how hard people have to work to make ends meet and make a good living. I mean, we're getting paid to play a job or to play a sport and, and we're being compensated very well for it. So, um, yeah, I think like I've thought about doing that, but then at the same time, it's, it's almost like when, when you're done, you want to be done. And having played on as many teams as I have, I have, uh, a lot of connections. There's a lot of guys I've played with that are in management roles. Now there's a lot of teams I've been on where, um, you know, I still keep in touch with, with management coaches, et cetera. So I don't know. It's, it's something I've thought about as well. Uh, we'll see. Well, no, I know. And it's, it's all interesting what you decide to end up doing. And I'm curious, but if you guys win the championship, we are totally finding time for the shed during the celebrations. Okay. Yeah, we got to go live for sure. Oh, yeah. Wow. These are all pretty much live. You just have to download them first. I don't, I don't know how to do the live thing, but we could do it. <laughs> we'll figure Yeah, I'm not sure either. I'm, well, not, I'm not too if sex, the shed can, If the shed can be on the ice for some championships this season, whether it's Deeds, whether it's anybody else, if we get the shed on the ice for some championships this season, that'd be pretty cool. But you got it, buddy. We got some other stuff to talk about here still yet. Okay. Hit me. Hit me, Wally. Been a hu- it's been a hundred episodes, man. So I've had a few people on since you. <laughs> George Brothers episode 57. They came up. Did, you, did you listen to, to that it. one? Yeah. Of course I did. I've listened to Simsy both times as well. I was, Every, I everybody's listened to that one. Jesus. That guy is yeah, that I, guy is running amok in my league. I saw you uh I, I can't remember if I saw it on Instagram, Twitter, whatever it was, but I saw it. You were bringing them back on. I was going to write you and say, bring me and Simzy on at the same time. But oh, uh, we can definitely do yeah. that, buddy. There's so many ideas <laughs> in my brain right now. Like there's so many different ways I can take the shed and I'd love to have you two on. And then there's another guy, Stefan Meyer, that like, I have you two guys on and I had my perception of Simzy and who he was and what I had heard. And, and then I have him on and like, he supports me. He, he has a great chat with me. And then I have, I have you on who seems like a, just an absolute dandy. And everybody from Stratford tells me the same thing. Stefan Meyer comes on. Who's just a dandy. And you guys are both saying great things about Simsy. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm seeing the same thing. Like, I, I don't know. He has who's on his team. Who's been on his team. He has their back. Right. Always, man. And and I was kind of the same as you. I played in Cardiff like you and you know how the rivalry is with Sheffield and you're kind of taught to be hate, you know, David Sims. And uh, this was in my younger days and I said some stuff on Twitter and get all over him, calling him fat, telling him to <laughs> lay off the KFC, doesn't know anything about hockey, blah, blah, blah. You know how that goes. But uh, when I signed in Sheffield there for that five game tryout, uh, not tryout, five game contract. Uh, I mean, he was the first guy that opened his arms to me. I mean, he's such a loyal man. And um, what he's done for British hockey, the, the people in the UK should be happy. Like, he, he does an incredible job. I mean, Promoting what, the game. Yeah. He's, he's the Don Cherry of the UK. I mean, hate him, love him, don't care. It, it, it doesn't matter what, what he does, how loyal he is to his team. Uh, I, I think he's a great man. I, I can't speak highly enough of, of David. And he's called me about, you know, former players, former coaches. And uh, I'm always more than happy to, to give him the time of day. And I know we had our indifferences and all that stuff. But uh, that's the way it goes in hockey. You, you play against a guy, you hate him on the ice, you want to kill him, you fight him, punch his brains in. And 
you know, a year or two later, you're sitting beside them in the locker room and, and having beers with them. So that, that part of the game's uh, funny and, and interesting in its own way too. Well, that's what's so interesting about the shed to me, right? Cause I have guys on that. I, I didn't know, right? Like, and, and we battled and we gave her and then you come on and you're like, yeah, no, we get along. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but the way I think Simsy is kind of similar to me in this way is that when you're on my team, you're on my team, you're on my family. Like everybody that listens to this is part of the family. Like everybody's on the shed team, but like, as soon as you're not, <laughs> then you're not <laughs> right. And yeah, yeah, I kind of had the, the same mentality, especially with the role I played. Uh, you know, if you're on my team, I'd do anything for you. And if you were traded or, you know, resigned somewhere else, uh, away from the rink, everything was fine. But if you did some of my teammates, you know, while we were on the ice or I thought you did something unjust, it was, uh, no holds bar. And, uh, you know, that, that part of the game is so special in itself that I can fight a guy that I can go have a beer with after and there's nothing but respect. And it's just like in rugby in Wales. I think that's why we all get along with the Welsh so much is like the rugby vibe of you go out, you battle, you give her everything you got, then you go have a beer after. And that's what it was like when I was at Cardiff. We'd have beers with guys on the other teams out in the big blue tent in the lobby. You know, it was, it was fun. You have, you have a battle, you give her, and then you go have a beer. I, I think that's I, I like that part about uh, the UK too. I might have had one too many beers while I was there, but uh, the uh, I, that, that aspect I, of the game is is pretty cool to be able to to have beers with with guys on the other team or you know get to know guys that you played against with in uh, North America and, and huh? kind of building friendships and or stuff like that. That just made me think of something actually because everybody in the UK was English. What's it like in Romania? You know what? There's more English here than there was in Italy, which completely surprised me. Really? Like, yeah, it's it's crazy. I don't know if they're taught in school or or how they become so good at it. But uh, where I was in in northern Italy, it was a lot of uh, German and Italian. It was probably a fifty fifty split. And then uh, when I when I came here, there was a lot more English than there. Uh, Is than somebody here? Do we got a yeah, guest? the little guys here. Luca, you want to come here, buddy? Luca? Yeah. Luca's his name. What's up, buddy? How, how old's Luca? You wanna... Luca's gonna be three in a couple weeks. Next week. Can you hey. say hi? Hi, buddy. Is it bedtime? Yeah. yeah. Are you gonna go skating in the morning? Yeah, he's going skating in the morning. And oh. are you coming for breakfast? Oh, you better go get some rest then, okay? Free okay. free hey, breakfast buddy. and pregame skate. That's nice. Yeah, not bad at all, right? I wish, I wish I had that when I was three years old. No kidding. Jeez, I wish I might we could have been, go to the rink now. <laughs> I might have been a better skater than I am now, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, man. No, I, yeah. Colby was just starting to skate when I was in Cardiff, and then I hurt my knee, and I couldn't really take him on the ice. So, uh, But, man, cherish these days, eh? You know? Yeah, no, for sure. I, I'm trying to do that as, as much as I can, and uh there's there's days where you know he gets on my nerves he's a crazy little bugger both of them but uh i'm so grateful for both of them and, and oh. love them to, to pieces that's for sure it sure changes you doesn't it <laughs> yeah it's you know, anytime any of my my buddies have friends now you know they, always, they ask me you know what's it like to be a, a father or you know how, how's it feeling and i say the same thing every time uh 
there's there's no words that can describe the feeling you feel the the amount of love and everything you show them it, it simply can't be put into words and uh it's a pretty special feeling definitely the more important or more special than than anything i've done in, in my hockey career i mean there's been things that are cool you know getting drafted getting signed to nhl contracts but uh in, in terms of life and a bigger picture the uh you know, being parents, it's by far the, the best thing that's happening in my life. Yeah. And uh, that is also speaking of cherishing it, you know, when life gives you lemons, you got to make lemonade and all that banana land stuff. But uh, I'm having on my son and two of my guys tomorrow from my under 11 concurrent Canucks, we're doing a podcast with Jack Moak and Evan McGilvery. My uh, D man, my power forward, and my son. <laughs> and awesome. uh, like I, th- I, th- I think sure it's a memory they'll never forget. Right? They're gonna, they'll remember this forever. I think. I I think for sure. I mean, they'll be listening. I think all kids when they're eleven have iPhones anyway. So all their buddy, it'll probably be your most downloaded episode, Wally, with all the. All well, this I media I actually, <laughs> when we won our first tournament, I had my son and our goalie on after the big W, and. Uh, to be honest, it uh, has outperformed some NHL players, some Swiss A players, some, like that. Like, yeah, the fans are into it, and you know what? Like that—that's part of my hockey family. They're part of my shed family. Yeah. Like those kids, man. I'm gonna miss them the next couple of weeks, so we're doing a podcast. <laughs> there you go. It's perfect. Yeah, that's tomorrow, folks. But anyways, the other guy that we've potted with that uh, was your roommate was Batchy. He's all grown up now, eh? <laughs> Gosh, Batch. Married. Is he married yet? I don't know. I, I saw you. I know he's definitely engaged. You could, you could say pre- pretty well. Yeah. No, he's uh, he's a great guy, too. I I don't keep in touch with him as, as much as I used to. I got a busier life than I used to have. I can't just sit on my phone anymore. But uh Anytime I talk to him, I, I'm usually smiling on my screen or, or laughing to myself, thinking about the times we had in, in Cardiff. It was myself, him, and, and Biz all in uh, all in one house. And it was some days we could add our own reality TV show. So uh, I can definitely sit back and, and chuckle at some of those stories. Oh, God, there's a lot of hockey guys that could have reality TV shows, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so sure. do you take the kids on the ice after wins in Romania? Uh, yeah, yep, we do. But uh, even even after practice, uh, there's like the the ice isn't rented out all day. So uh, usually after practice, I can take the little guy out with me and take half my, you know, my upper upper gear off. And there's some, uh, I don't know, like instruments, I guess, that help the kids skate. And he hops on one of those and. I bend over and can't move my back for a half hour, but it's, yeah. it's all worth it. So oh, yeah. anyway, that he, uh, he, I mean, when he first got, yeah, the low back gets there, sore. Oh. oh man. It's like when you're walking around the mall with your wife for a day, you know, you get that low back pain and then, uh, now I'm getting it for, for different reasons. It's, uh, uh, but I, mean, I wouldn't change it for anything. That's for sure. Oh, definitely not. No, it uh, sounds awesome. So when you're in Italy, did you get to ski? I didn't get to ski because it hadn't snowed yet. But uh, previously when I, when I played in that league, uh, my wife and I were there for, I think a year and a half before we had maybe even two years before we had a child. So 
Uh, when it was just the two of us, we'd get to ski the Alps all the time. It was, uh, it was pretty awesome. I mean, wake up in the morning, we had a, a ski lift, probably a three minute walk from our house. So put on our ski boots, all our ski stuff, head up the lift and, and ski all day. It was, it was incredible. It was like, it was like I was on a full long year vacation. You know, I, I'm kind of, I, with the whole COVID thing, it seems like you've already had a year where like you see kind of what retirement was like, but you weren't working yet. Um, so that's good. But like, man, it sounds like you've got to live. You've got to do a lot of cool shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I've definitely been fortunate um, where this game's taken me, you know, starting out at a, a young age, I was, you know, fortunate enough to be signed an NHL contract and, and have a legitimate chance to, to play in the NHL. It never worked out. And um, I've been lucky enough to play in some really uh, good leagues in Europe and some leagues that, you know, aren't as good, but maybe, you know, your life experience and, and the, the memories you build uh, are, you know, just as valuable. To, uh, yeah, exactly. So uh, looking back on, on my career, you know, if, if I was a little kid and said, you know, would you play here, 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 here? I would have said, no, you know, I want to play in the NHL. I want to play in the NHL. Uh, being where I'm at today, I uh, I can be happy with all I've accomplished. I mean, I've been lucky enough to, to play on a national team. Yeah, I was in Canada, but uh, to be a part of the, the Italian national team is pretty cool. And uh, just all the experiences, it, it's kind of like everything flashes before your, your eyes, you know, when you're at the end. I'll catch myself daydreaming some days at the rink and, you know, hear the young guys talking after a, a Sunday when we have a, you know, a, a Sunday and a Monday off and Tuesday they're in, in the room talking, telling stories and, and what they got up to. And it's like, I just, I don't even hear words anymore when it, when it comes to a certain point. And, you know, I just daydream and think like, oh my God, I was that guy, you know, and, and uh, that, that part, that part of it makes me feel like, you know, a 20 year old all over again. But, and then when I'm off the ice, I feel like a 45 year old. So it, it sets right back into reality. I it's man, you bringing me right back to that last couple of years in Cardiff, man, like talking to the, there, there's a couple single guys on the team at that point. And they were enjoying Cardiff and having a time. And I, you know, married with kids and it's just fun to hear stories. Sometimes it's just fun to hear what guys get up to away from the rink. And, uh, it was awesome. Like I, I just, you soak up every minute and you want to talk to everybody and get to know about them. Right. Because I don't know, man, I I've hardly left Bruce County in like five, six years now. So it's just weird. Like you go from doing all this shit, traveling the world to literally just setting up shop <laughs> yeah no and and uh you said it previously uh you know last last year without playing it was kind of a, a taste of retirement for me and uh kind of kind of a sour taste in my mouth more because you know i wanted to continue to play so and I you were playing with, really well at that point man you were on yeah. a run yeah i i had to pump my own tires but i was I was, you know, probably at the peak for, for my confidence and, and being able to score and, and being, you know, a player I wanted to be in Europe. And then, you know, everything stops. You don't do anything for a year. Guys play for a year. You know, it's a year off is a long time, especially when you're 32, now 33. So uh, getting back into it definitely wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. But, uh, you know, the, the part where you, you know, think, okay, this is the end, this is the end. But in, in your mind, you still want to play and you still know you can play. Um, it, it was tough for me because I couldn't actively pursue 
uh, a profession or a job that I wanted to be in because you didn't know what was next. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I mean, come, come August or July, if I had a contract, I I knew that I would go leave. So, I mean, you, you put your, your word on the line to tell someone you want to work for them. And then, you know, two months later you're gone. It's, it's, uh, not really a, a good thing to do or not something that I wanted to do. So it was definitely a tough year uh, in terms of that stuff. But having said that, it was a, a year I got to be around my boys, watch them grow and uh, be around my family, which was awesome. Yeah, and you're right. And like, it's been tough for everybody, but like for myself, I've spent so much time with my kids compared to, <laughs> you know, I was in the office Monday to Friday and they were at school and I was getting kids dropped off to be in the parking lot and race into this arena or that arena. Like life is very different now. And um, I have got to see my kids grow up and be right there with them, but um, they do need other kids. And uh, that's my stance on that. (laughs) Anyways, uh, that's a pretty fair statement. Yeah, and I think they need to get out of the house and get exercise. Just like adults, people need exercise. It makes them healthier, makes them feel better. And they don't look so pale when I see them at the grocery store and angry. <laughs> they don't look so angry. <laughs> um, okay, I got I this is one we definitely looked over last podcast in the shed when I was um I would say I was quite young at this. You know, I was my 14th episode, right? Um I, the research team was hot. We went through your career and totally left out that you played for a country. I did. I did. So my, uh, my father's family has uh, Italian heritage. My grandma and grandpa were born there. They lived there. Hence um, the last was, name. <laughs> hence, hence the last name. Yeah. So growing up, my, my father, um, you know, only spoke to my, my grandparents in Italian um, every Sunday you have the big Italian feast, all the, you know, the typical uh, Italian stuff. When, when people think of Italian families. We so were when lucky, did they move over? When did they move over? Oh, they moved over when, uh, like when my father's sister was, I don't know, say four years ago. So I don't even like 40, 50 years. So ago. they were just so, kids. They moved over and then they kept speaking yeah. Italian in the house. Yeah, exactly. So uh, both both my grandparents, like any time we had, I mean, my friends would come over for the big feast sometimes, and my grandma would ask them a question. They they wouldn't have a clue what she was saying. It was such a a thick accent, but God bless her, she could cook. I've I've never met a a woman that could cook like her, and um, you know that that part of the Italian heritage was was super cool. And um, to be able to get my passport because of them, and and be able to represent a cat. Uh, a nation it was, it was it's a pretty surreal feeling to think that you know out of a whole nation you're you know the top 20 player at the time you played um it, it's a pretty cool feeling and pretty cool to be able to compete against other nations you know top players and, um you know i never played a world championship or anything like that but it it, it would have been uh, cool to play against you know like stan coach you know the, the big name guys but uh it is what it is no, yeah, it's it's the British guys are getting to do that now. But so, who did you play against? You played a few games. Yeah, I played. Uh, I played in a tournament, and we played uh, Hungary. Actually, actually, that's the reason I, I came to Hungary in the first place. We uh, we had a tournament here, and my parents were over at the time, and my wife was like six or seven months pregnant, 
And they said to her, like, do you want to go to Budapest? And yeah, sure, why not? And she came here and same thing. They got an Airbnb or a hotel. I can't, I can't remember what it was. And uh, we had a pretty jammed schedule. So I didn't spend much time with them. And and after the tournament, um, my wife said to me, like, if, if you ever get a chance to play in Budapest, we got to come here. The city's incredible. Um, so we, I was lucky enough to end up doing that the next year. But uh, we played, I think, Kazakhstan, South Korea, Hungary. I don't know who else. I, I played a couple other games. So can't that's remember. cool. No, Matt, it would have been yeah. really fun. Like, jeepers. I, uh, I never got to do anything like that. That's, uh, that's neat. Um, okay. Here we go. Because this is near the end of your career and the shed visit. Favorite season of hockey you've ever had? Man, um, I would say my first year pro in Hartford. Uh, and again, it, it comes down to the group of guys we had. We had that's what it's all so about. Many, yeah, we that's had who you so see many, every day. Yeah, so many good guys, and it was uh, so much different than it was as it is now. It's kind of like that old boy culture where you know, <laughs> after practice, we went to the ring or went to the, the bar or the restaurant, had beers, you know, everyone did their thing. and uh in the morning everyone was there everyone was working their bag off it was it was kind of a whole different mentality but uh the mentality we we had was you know work hard when you're at the rink and and when you're not at the the rink enjoy yourself and 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 live your life and uh because of that i was able to establish friendships i i still have to this day and uh they i can tell you for a fact they don't make them like they used to i mean Guys, when I came in, you know, when I was a 20-year-old, guys that were 30, 35, like, you know, I, I took some of the things they taught me or, you know, some of the things they were doing. And now, now guys that, that come in at 20, I mean, they'll hop on a bus and they got a backpack full of protein shakes and all this and all that. And then and they, and then like, they oh. put their headphones on right away yeah. and, and just listen to whatever or do whatever. Yeah, and yeah. play with their phone. And nobody's talking, nobody's hanging out, nobody's playing cards. I can just picture. No, them. yeah, no, that that you 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 nailed it right there. Just head down on the phone, and you know they're showing me things on the phone. Like sometimes I'm like, "How do you do this?" And it's like, "Oh my god, you don't know how to do that." I was like, "Yeah, I'm not tech savvy. I didn't grow up on this shit." You know, like uh, yeah. it's 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 a little bit different for sure. But uh, the the games evolved so much, and and the way the game is played from my first year pro to the way it's played now. Um, it's almost like being a part of two different careers. I mean, if the game's so fast and so skilled now and the way it was played compared to how it's played now, it, it's like, fuck, I don't know if a 20, a, a rookie and pro could play in the American league the way it was when we played, you know what I mean? Like it used to be the fucking jungle man. Like it, it used was to be scary. so scary, dude. I was so scared playing in the AHL. I could hardly go on the ice without shattering myself. Yeah, it was, it was nuts. like, actually like, it was, yeah. I was on the fourth line with the, with, like I was in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me too, man. <laughs> I was there for, for five years, I had that fourth Yeah, you were actually week. fighting people. I was just out there with the fighters going, please don't fight me. <laughs> don't and even you, run you, into you, me. You were probably in the safest spot because if you got hit, anyone, it would kill a guy who uh, who you got hit by. But No, yeah, no, was, I was, was on just... the fourth line. Nobody cared. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair no, enough. yeah AHL no. was a strange time in my life. Not one I really talk about. But it was strange <sighs> 19 games. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I, I think, you know, uh, type of player you are, I, I think you probably would have had a lot more success at the American League level now than, than you did, you know, a decade ago, just because I think the game's so much more skill-orientated now than it was 15 it's, years yeah, ago. Yeah, it's totally different. But to be honest, I enjoy it. Our, I, I, I don't know. When I come in the shed and I have people on, there's certain age group, there's certain guys that can fall right in the pocket. And I know you can fall in the pocket, but I, I can have beers today. But like Riley Emerson, I fell in the pocket with that guy. Didn't know him very well, but we fell right in the pocket. Then you have the younger guys odd that like, I don't really know. And you can see they're like texting people. They're doing things while you're talking to them. And you're like, you couldn't fall in the pocket with me right now. <laughs> you don't know how, yeah, no, you don't know. You don't know where the pocket is. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly believe that coaches nowadays um, have to manage the players more than they have to teach the game. I mean, a lot of these young guys are so fragile and, um, they don't really want to put the work in to, to be on that first power play unit. They kind of want to just be given that first power play unit. And Cause they're that the way good. We came, yeah, exactly. But the, the way we came up, if you were a rookie, like you had to be absolutely amazing to be a first or second line player. You were usually on the third or fourth line and you're usually grinding it out whether you wanted to or not. So um, that, that part of it though, I'm actually fortunate um that you know i went through it to to be able to know that if you work something work for something you know you can you can achieve it or or have it happen so that that part of it's nice no definitely um okay best place you've lived in a lot of countries who had the best food best food there was a restaurant called beppe cello in cortina italy Okay. It had the best pasta I've ever had in my life. Are we talking like al- what are we doing? Alfornos, tortellinis, no. ravioli. Ravioli. Like I think it was five cheese ravioli, like stuffed perfectly. Like I'm talking melt in your mouth good, Wally. What's the sauce? Like, it was a red, like a homemade marinara sauce. Wash it down with some nice red wine. Like, little oh bread on the God. side yeah oh, fresh yeah, bread well, you, you, gotta, you gotta have a, a full loaf of bread just to go well, along with the meal because it's italy well especially once you start dipping it in balsamic and vinegar little salt pepper yeah Good god you go through a couple loaves <laughs> oh yeah yeah get a full loaf get a bottle of olive oil bottle of balsamic a little parmesan cheese and just Dip. Yeah, Good God, you're talking Can't, dirty yeah. again, Deeds. You're talking dirty. <laughs> this is only our second time in the shed. You can't do that. I know. I'll start behaving. I'm sorry. Okay. So that was in Cortina. Cortina, yeah. Yeah. Well, I could see you going with the Italian food, you know, with the her- heritage and all. Makes sense. Yeah. Fun I gotta fun, stay true. Fun fact, I I, know, I make pasta like from scratch with with the kids i can do that really I have those, yeah i have those skills i can do that wow good for you yeah but yeah actually that is impressive. my once i've done it my daughter asked me to do it all the time I'm like geez it's quite the mess like it takes like time. you have the uh the, the spinner for the pasta and everything yeah, yeah. i used to watch my, my grandma do it all the time i don't like, think i could do it though there's three settings yeah no well you just 
you just got to get in the right mind frame and just know that you're into cooking for the next hour or two and just enjoy the experience. You know, open up some red wine and mix some eggs, flour. Well, yeah. And I can remember like, so, watching and then you and then you just you roll it all out and then you put it through the machine. The machine flattens it out, right? It get, makes it thinner. Yeah, you gotta thinner. like spin it. Yeah. And, and then you yeah, put yeah. it through that, and then that flattens it out. And then once it's flat enough, then you put it through with the thing that turns it into either strips, stripes, or whatever, right? <laughs> that what size yeah, of noodle like you want. Spaghetti fettuccine, or I don't know what the other thing is. That's yeah, right. No. Yeah, yeah. And then you make a little sauce I'm, to go with it. Yeah, maybe I'm well, you know what? What's your I've been locked down. You know what? I've been locked down. Fuck it. I'm making pasta. <laughs> What's your sauce? You go marinara, Alfredo? What do you, little vodka sauce, maybe? What's your go-to? You, you want my go-to? It would have been in, be, in Beating High. My restaurant was, uh, oh, Jeepers. Lu, not Luigi's was downtown. It's the other one on the end of town. Gosh, darn, I'm going to have to ask my wife. But Tortellini Rosé. They had a little rose. tight, little tight tortellini, little in between the white and red sauce, little rosé. My good word. Yeah, sounds good. I could get on, I could get on board with that. That's for sure. Well, they definitely knew me by name after four years of beating high. We were definitely part of the family. (laughs) Who would have thought the Italian restaurant was Luigi too, eh? It doesn't get any more stereotypical than Uh, that. that, But that's the wrong one. Luigi's was downtown and they were doing some wonderful stuff. They had a Parmesan ball, okay? They had the stand with a big thing of Parmesan cheese. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? When they, they, then they cook the spaghetti and then they, they, they go through the Parmesan and it just coats it all and you just get this big Parmesan. Oh, good Lord. Why are we talking and, about this? And, and you're just hoping there's no way in the next day because you just ate about five pounds worth of Parmesan cheese. You know what? I weighed in every day with no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually Germany asked me to kindly leave. <laughs> <laughs> With no regrets. And I said, that's fine. I'm out of here. Hitting Chippy Lane in Cardiff. <laughs> yeah, that's another good spot, too. Oh, that, now, now late late night, that might be my favorite place. You can ask the George Brothers. I used to abuse that place late I night. could imagine. What'd you order? I'd go uh, a battered sausage. What's with, that? Uh, like a sausage that's in a beer batter. And then I'd get the uh, fries with the, what's that sauce they put on the fries? It's like the special fry. Oh man. I don't oh. even know it now, but there's ketchup mayonnaise. Or no, like- no, 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 no. It's like, uh, you're not talking about what know. Denmark's putting on hot dogs. The remoulade, no. remoulade. No, no, no. I don't know what it is. This is going to piss me off too, but I That's- used to dummy, dummy that after uh, a night of drinking and it'd be gone in a boat three minutes yeah that sounds a battered sausage you never had a battered sausage when you were there i don't think so come on i actually i know i would definitely know if i have i don't i've never even heard of it i don't even know what that is like like you know what a po like you ever have a pogo growing up yeah yeah i know what that is i know what you're thinking but i've never had one on chippy lane oh god yeah so a pogo i dip in mustard what are you doing I'm just rolling it around in whatever this sauce was on the like was whatever was on sauce. the fries. No, it was almost like a poutine, but it wasn't a poutine. Like same kind of 
same kind of feel as a poutine, but but not a poutine. And I used to it used to just soak in there. Game over. Yeah. Oh, I meant it's straight to bed after Chippy Lane. See yeah, you tomorrow. Wake up in the yeah. Wake <laughs> up in the shirt you wore and see everything you ate the night before. Gosh, that's the way. Yeah. I never got to do it that often. I had little kids, right? I just heard about it all. I'm just a story. I just talk about it because <laughs> I would go daytime because I'm a sicko. <laughs> I'd go eat that battered sausage midday. I don't even care. I don't care what people think of me. That's yeah. I'd kind of be on the. I'd be on the exact same program now. All right. We better keep going here because I got a couple more questions. Worst you worst you ever got beat up. Worst I ever got beat up. Oh man. I got beat up in junior pretty bad. My first year uh, in the OHL, I was in and out of the lineup to start the year. I was a uh, pretty high man. draft pick. Like yeah, second or third round. I can't remember what it was, but anyway. But you're not that big uh, yet because you're just a kid. No, yeah, just a kid and I went in the coach's office and said, you know, like I'm in and out of the lineup, prototypical talk. Like, what do you, what do you want me to do? Blah, blah, blah. And he said, we'll do something that no one else is doing on the fourth line. And at the time we had two guys that weren't fighting on the fourth line. And I said, okay, whatever, here goes nothing. And I started the, the fight and I did all right. First couple of times, cause I was fighting, you know, the other under underagers in the league or, um, guys that were, you know, one year older than me. And then, uh, I think I got a little overconfident. I can't even remember the guy's name and he just beat the living piss out of me. I remember we went to Owen Sound the next day and my grandparents came to the game and they're like, Oh my God, what happened to you? Like I had two black eyes, stitches. My lips were bigger than they already were. My nose was like a balloon. I was like, oh, geez. And then after, after, I mean, my first year fighting in the OHL, I got beat up a lot just because you had no clue what you're doing. And uh, one of the younger guys here asked me, you know, like, how, how'd you get good at fighting? And I said, well, I got beat up for a year straight and kind of, you know, realize what works and what doesn't work. And um, yeah, so it's same like with anything, anything, right? Same with anything. Yeah. You get better at it as you do it, right? And you just keep working at it. Yeah, so I, I can't even remember the guy's name, but boy, did he beat the piss out of me. Um. Yeah, I was just curious. Okay, who did you beat up the worst? Oh, or do you remember Ooh. it? Like, do you remember? I remember a time in Junior B with the Elmira Shirkings, Rodney Baum, and we get into a line brawl. And I'm, you know, I'm fighting for my life. But then I hear him hitting some poor kid beside me, and I could hear the kid almost like squeal. And I was like, oh, never beat up like that before. <laughs> Oh man, um, I don't. I've had like a couple knockouts or where you know after the fight the you feel the guys. Do you, what yeah. when he's like laying there? Do you then what that like? How does that make when it leads just you just I, want to fight right? And then when you see them actually yeah, get but, knocked out, that what do you do? You feel good or bad? I don't know. I I never I never felt guilt to be honest because I knew that's um, what you signed up for. Yeah. Yeah, I mean when you when you drop the glove. I mean, one lucky punch and anyone can go down, right? So um, I never felt guilt if I beat someone up or if I broke a bone or made them bloody or whatever, because I knew um, that if I was on the other end of it, more than likely they weren't going to feel any shame. So uh, in terms of one person I beat up the worst, I, I can't remember uh, an exact one. There was actually, before I left Murano this year, I ended up fighting 
uh, a goalie on one <laughs> of the teams. And he, he had butted me. We'd scored. And one of our, he was yelling at one of our players. And I was like, get the fuck out of here, you know, like whatever, small talk. He turned around, head butted me. I embellished a little bit, dropped down. And uh, when I get up, he was, you know, punching a guy back behind the net and kind of weaseled my way in there and dropped my, like grabbed him and said, hey, you want to do this? He said, yeah. And then uh, I goalie fought him. you. Yeah. And I, I beat him up. Like I, <laughs> it was like a punch where you know that you really yeah. hurt him. And <laughs> yeah. I, he, he had to go to the, the doctor for some serious repairs. I think I broke his, uh, one of the guys, our, our manager told me I broke his orbital bone. So I got him pretty good. Um, well, it sounded like that punk deserved it. And, uh, you know, like you get scored on, don't be such a little punk, just deal with it. And if you want to chirp somebody, then right. Yeah. Like the points aren't coming like they used to. Let me just embrace it. Get my assist or goal and move on with it. You know? Wow. It's like when goalies start, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I know what you mean. I would have done the same thing if I had the, uh, tools to do it. <laughs> That's my, my first, my first and only goalie fight. I can remember being in the, uh, you, do you know, Andrew Peters? He's from around where you are. I know the name. Yeah. Anyway, he was, he was like always a tough goalie. And I can always remember asking him to fight in the American League. I don't know why I always wanted to fight a goalie. And then I just forgot about it forever. And this ended up happening kind of spur the moment. And it was like, kind of like a thing you just check off the checklist. Oh shoot. I it's almost the end of the episode and I haven't even said anything yet. I have a website now. A hundred episodes later, I have a website. www.aleshockeytales.com and I have a jersey up for raffle. Uh the one of 20 in the world, two ales and hockey tails hockey jerseys, and they're gonna be ready early next week. So the 17 lucky folks that pre-ordered, you get them. Everybody else, they're only raffles from here on out. And they're on my website and we got a raffle going now. So if you want a Jersey, you're going to have to buy a ticket at the website, aleshockeytails.com. Almost forgot again. Gosh, darn it. (laughs) Now do you do European shipping, Wally? Oh yeah. That'll be part. If I make enough, it just pays for the shipping. Yeah. But eventually we'll hopefully be able to make them over there. Right. Like these new t-shirts, we're going to make t-shirts over there and here, and then we don't have to pay for shipping. There you, you know? go. Get some hats going too. Everyone likes a baseball cap. Just get a hat going. Oh, I, I can't. Oh. Do you got you, it on the website? I don't yet. I got a couple up there though, but uh, there's only two left. The rest are supposed to be coming. And that, but like, yeah, you think I got to sell them on the website, eh? But then I got to pay shipping each individually. That's a lot. I, I don't know the logistics of how that stuff works. I should, no, it's too I'm much. Glo- it's too much global yeah. stuff here. I need to figure out the hubs, you know, because this is getting confusing. <laughs> I outsource it. Some there's got to be somewhere in Cardiff that someone you know that can. Oh, that's what we're doing with the jerseys or the hats. Like I, so I just send them there, and then they disperse from there. I, yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Creating hubs, <laughs> all volunteers. Yeah, <laughs> Get get the ball get the, get the ball caps up on the website. Maybe some toques too, some winter toques. winter gear for inside the arena. It is getting cold in the shed. I could use a hoodie because I'm not even supporting the pod go. right now. Other yeah. than yeah, hoodie, toques, everything. <laughs> Maybe uh, one of those cozy koozies. What are they called? Koozies keep your beer cold. Summertime. Koozie. Oh God, Maybe the whole thing. A coffee thermos, like you, the world's your oyster right now, Wally. 
I, uh, I disagree. I'm just trying to move the products I have coming in and actually so far it's been all right. Uh, but it's pretty funny. And, uh, it's because guys like you make the time for me and, um, you know, it's like the hockey world. Like, I don't know. It's just, I, there's certain guys I want to talk to. <laughs> and then there's some guys in the hockey world that like, I just, I don't want to talk to that. Bad, you know. <laughs> uh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, and there's some people that I just like, I don't know. I get excited to talk to you. I don't even really know you, but like you're in Romania, you're doing new shit. You're living life. There's a lot of people around here. Nobody's living life right now. And there's still people out there living folks. Yeah. That, that, that part of it uh, is definitely another one of those positives you can take out of being here to, to be able to have my, you know, children, wife, myself still have uh, you know, what's a deemed normal life now, you know, where you don't have to walk around with a mask. You don't have to be a meter apart or whatever it is. You just played a game with sold out arena. Yeah. Like uh, it's pretty crazy when, uh, when you think about that stuff. So uh, I really hope by the time I get home, things have opened up a little bit, not only for my sake, but just for the, uh, the sanity of, you know, not only the older people, but the younger kids too, are taking. Well, I would say that whole mental health thing, right? The whole mental health thing that people have been pushing for 10 years. We've really pushed that to the side on everybody because there's a lot of countries folks. And I am quite global here in the shed you know what I've been thinking about this is we've been to Romania now, Poland to see Carl Hudson. I've, I had made a list after I was done hockey of the countries I had gone to. I'm like, geez, that's really cool. I got to like, I think it was like 21 maybe or something. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. I got to 21. And now that the shed's a thing, dude, I want to go everywhere. <laughs> you got to start checking them off. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta have a map up behind it, like with a, like a pin of where all. Yeah, the with pin. the pins. Yeah, we yeah. got a you... pin in Romania now, folks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but anyways, you got anything else for me before we show? Actually, well, I was gonna go on a rant, but I better stop, eh? <laughs> it's up to you. You want to rant? Let loose, buddy. Whatever you. No, need to I do. just, I just. There's a lot of countries in the world that are doing things differently, okay, and. <clears throat> My whole thought on this whole thing is I think logically, I, I never understood what was going on in the world. I didn't get it. I'm like, Germany is making people be double vaxxed. UK is making people be double vaxxed. Canada is. And I'm like, if everybody's doing this, it must be what's best for humanity. It must be what's best for the human people. And then you realize that YouTube, Twitter, all these different platforms take down anything against anything. So you are only hearing one side of the story. After a game, you're only hearing the coach's side. You're not hearing the player's side. You're not hearing anything else. Well, Joe Rogan and Spotify have found a way to get this stuff out there. What's actually going on. And when that, that, that episode 1,747 folks, I've sat in my shed for a couple of years now trying to figure this shit out and nothing made sense. The rules, the shit I'm following, nothing. That guy came on and started talking and I'm like, I was walking my dog and my bones were shaking and I'm like, oh my God. And the same time, Ontario is shutting everything down. <clears throat> if you try and vaccinate my children to play minor hockey, 
If you try and force us to keep getting vaccinated, do all this stuff. I wasn't all against the vaccine. I thought it was what was best. You guys better start listening to people. You better start waking up because you go to the U.S. and then you cross the border. This was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life. I went to the U.S. deeds. We were scared for two years. We never went there. We never saw our in-laws for two years because we're scared. We're, we're totally scared shitless. We finally say enough's enough. We got to go. We go. They say, you got to have a test. I'm like, all right. So you got to have the test 72 hours. We get the test the next morning. As soon as we cross the border, we get a test says you're negative. No shit. Haven't done anything in two years. We did hit every arcade. We hit every ball pit. We hit everywhere. We get to the border and they say, you got a negative test. And I'm like, Oh yeah. From three days ago, before I just lived, I just had a time and they're like, uh, they're like, okay, well you got a negative test. And then they say, so are you vaccinated? I'm like, well, yeah, I had to coach minor hockey. Yeah. I'm, I'm vaccinated. And they're like, okay, well then go ahead. Fair game. Do whatever you want in Canada. I'm like, well, if this was a real problem, if this was actually all fucking real, I would have been testing at the border, not three days before I go to Dave and Buster's, before I go to some other cool place that all these kids are playing dodgeball with 30 kids. Vaccinated people can give it to unvaccinated people and unvaccinated people give it to vaccinated people. Vaccinated people are getting hospitalized and are dying. But you're telling me I got to vaccinate my kid to play minor hockey when it doesn't affect him and it doesn't hurt him. The only thing it does is hurt him. There's science out there now, folks. Look it up. Fuck. Anyways, <laughs> I'm having my team on tomorrow. And But seriously, listen to the episode, Open Mind. You know what? If I lose a bunch of listeners today, I'm sorry. I never started this to have listeners. I just want you people to make informed decisions of what you're doing with your children because I care about every one of them because you're part of my shed family. So listen to these fucking doctors with an open mind and realize that maybe you haven't been getting both sides of the story because none of it made sense until it made sense. That's all I got to say. Fair enough, Wally. Good rant, buddy. Sorry, Really buddy. good rant. Sorry that's part hey. of your episode. I didn't mean to. No, I, I don't care at all. Whatever, whatever you got to do, Wally, it's your show. I, I no, it's just like I don't know. I, I I've been neutral. I I never said anything about nothing. But then I see all this stuff, and I'm like, well, it doesn't make sense. I like things to make sense in my life. If the like I said in my old man's episode, like I want to know the lighter in the back seat works. So I'm gonna plug it in and I'm gonna put it on my finger to see if it's hot. And man, that test going to Michigan made me realize that that test meant absolutely nothing other than that somebody got paid for it. Fair enough. No, it's, uh, I mean, I, uh, I, I try not to. Yeah. Don't get into it. You know what? It's my shed and I'll be the guy. If people stop listening to me because I said what I said, then you didn't listen to the episode with an open mind or I'm an idiot. You're smart, whatever. No, I, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm same as you will try to be as open-minded as I can. And, uh, like you, it's it's hard for me to wrap my my brain around some things. Just that, I mean, we've been in this pandemic for for close to two years, and it seems like in Ontario, 
um, instead of things getting better, they keep getting worse and worse. So, uh, you know, obviously, and they're, they, they, mind, make, I, they make decisions for us, right? Like they're, it is, it is, I don't know, man. I, I, it's tough, tough to not say too much right now, but anyways. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. There's, uh, you know, businesses that have gone bankrupt. There's people that have lost homes, people that have lost jobs. It's, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot more to it than, and, you know, just a belief or, a, you know, a philosophy, it's, it's people's livelihoods getting changed. And, and that's the part that I don't like. So, uh, yeah. it, it, you know, get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. Do whatever you want, do whatever you want. Do you know, believe whatever you want. I, I don't care about any of that stuff, but, uh, you know, I just hope for the betterment of our world and, and the people living in it, that we can get back to what was the old norm and, and people can, you know, go to the gym, go to hockey practice, be with their families and, you know, all the stuff that mentally stimulates your mind and, and makes you feel alive and, and makes you be a human. So in, in terms of all the other stuff and what's going on in the world, I, I don't pay much attention to it, but I, I, and do I don't either. A day where there were, yeah. And I don't either. Day but, where everything yeah. Would be normal. Yeah. Ah, it's the same for me, man. And I don't try to talk about this and I try not, I, everybody can do whatever they want. I literally don't care. You drive around with a mask on. I don't care by yourself, do whatever you want, whatever makes you feel comfortable, do that. But let's maybe stop taking away like minor hockey from kids and school and like them being kids and maybe like adults being able to make money for their families and children to feed them. That's where I'm at. And, uh, I, I think that, that, uh, you know, um, that's, that's, and I'm sorry, folks, I didn't mean to, sometimes I get wound, <laughs> right? You don't got to apologize, Wally, it's your show. There's a, well, there's I got to apologize for all the people stuff. that, uh, are going to disagree with anything, but like, I literally don't know what I'm talking about. Don't listen to me, right? I don't know. I've never known. I've been sitting in my shed just saying, you know what? I want to have fun talking to my friends on a podcast. That's all I want to do. I want to talk to you guys. I want to talk about hockey. But like this other stuff is happening and it's affecting a lot of people's lives. And um, I just hope everybody has, can hear, like I, the people that say anything against one side, they get shut down real quick. So I just hope you listen to some of the best doctors in the world on what they're saying and make wise decisions instead of just uh, following the mandates. I don't think they're laws. What are my mandates? Anyways, moving on. That's it. I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, but seriously, enjoy every second of this. Um, like every second you got the rest of the season, man, with your kids. Um, and you know what? Score some goals, beat some people up, win a championship, and you'll be back there next year. I guess if you win the championship, you won't bother. Well, if, yeah, if I can still walk, maybe I'll be back. And you might have to wheel me in on a wheelchair to, to get me to play. Who knows? We'll see how uh, see how my body feels at the end of the year. But, um, you know, it's like I've said throughout the episode, you know, being around these younger guys and kind of mentoring them and, and having a different role, it, it definitely makes my my brain and my mind feel a, a lot younger than I feel on the ice, that's for sure. Brings the zest back for the game. Eh? You're having fun again. Yeah, you know, screaming in warm-ups, happy to, happy to be on the ice, you know, wind blowing in your face. Yeah, the, the, 
the type of stuff you don't get in the, the everyday world that the people that never played, uh, you know, probably will never understand. I totally get it, man. The thing I'll never forget was when it was over was listening to the national anthem before it started. That was, I'd see like a Leafs game and they'd start playing the national anthem and you see the players sitting there getting ready for war and you're like, never going to feel that again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, there's, uh, there's definitely going to be a lot of feelings that uh, I, I don't think you can get in the real world from hockey, but. Uh, no, you can get them I in your shed, the, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe I got to expand my shed back home, do a little <laughs> reno- renovation when I get home and get going on my shed game. Yeah, it, it can help, man. It can help mentally everything. But no, seriously, man, good luck. And I hope I'm on the ice or wherever, like before the parade, whether whenever you can fit in time for the shed after you guys win the championship, let me know because I'm ready to hit Romania again. Wally, you got my word. If we win a championship, I'll, you can see it all. There'll be no filter. I'll give the fans what they want. Here we go. And uh, again, everybody, sorry for the rant. I just want everybody to be informed. And um, I just, uh, not many people have a platform and I have had no feelings either way. Um, I still don't. I think everybody should do whatever they want. And I still think that should be the world, right? Right on, Wally. And this has been another episode of Zero Ales and Hockey Tales with Deeds and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott.